welcome to Oakland Presbyterian Church. I'm Keely Tarkington, the music director, and you are at our annual Joy Gift program. Tonight, we plan to hopefully delight your ears with beautiful music um, from all generations, from our kids all the way up to adults in their 80s. And we are so blessed to have this multi-generation um, group of people who are willing to serve the Lord and to um, lead you all into worship this evening. Um, this cantata tonight is very special. It's called Little Lion, Little Lamb. And um, it has just such beautiful meaning to it. And I hope that tonight that you have come with listening hearts and minds and that you are just going to take a moment to be still and listen for God's word throughout this evening. We are going to prepare our hearts now for worship with the presentation from our children's choir.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, on this joy gift evening, as we are celebrating your light that penetrates the darkness, we ask that you remind us of your gifts of faith and life. God, we are grateful that your Christmas story is true, and we ask that you open our hearts to the wonders of your love and help us delight in your ways. In your name we pray. Amen.
Lion of Judah. Lamb of God. These two names of Christ seem to be so contradictory in character, and yet they beautifully describe how our Savior relates to us, without either opposing or diminishing the other. The lion symbolizes strength, fierceness, protection, and kingliness. He is a regal ruler and defender, a seasoned warrior. We first hear prophecy of the Lion of Judah in Genesis 49, when Jacob, later named Israel, came to the end of his life and gathered his 12 sons to his side. In this meeting, Jacob spoke to each of them in what can best be described as poetic prophecy, telling each son the future of their family tribe. Zebulun would dwell by the sea and provide haven for ships that passed by. Although one of the smaller tribes, many judges would come from the cunning family of Dan. Joseph would be highly blessed and fruitful in spite of those who meant him harm. Jacob went on to say that Simon and Levi were like two peas in a pod, hot-tempered and always ready to fight. This did not please Jacob, and he told their tribes would one day be scattered for their lack of self-control. Asher. One day Asher would become wealthy and famous for his culinary skills. His candies and sweets would be known to kings and dignitaries. The tribe of Gad would become the soldiers, and Iskar would be the salt of the earth, blue-collar farmers who tilled their soil-rich land. Naphtali. Naphtali would be fierce lovers of freedom gentle to their friends, formidable to their enemies. The list went on for each son as Jacob spoke of things that God could only have shown him. And then he came to his son Judah. Judah, you are a lion's cub and the king's scepter shall never leave you. One day your brothers will honor you and the nations will obey you. As prophecy unfolded, Jacob's words about each tribe came to pass, and as the children of Israel became increasingly oppressed by sin and by their enemies, they became desperate for their Lion of Judah, their defender, the Holy One, who would heal their spiritual diseases and bind up their brokenness. Much like the children of Israel, sometimes we wait for God to step into our lives into our complicated situations and into our wounded hearts. We wait for Him to deliver us. Maybe you are in a time of waiting. You have already welcomed the Lion of Judah into your life, but there are areas that are still broken. Be encouraged. Just as the Lion of Judah
prophecy was repeated in the New Testament when the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In Galatians 4, we read that 
When the fulfillness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Just as prophecy foretold, this lion cub came. He entered a fallen world and became the Savior. The story of Christmas is that this lion, the Lion of Judah, is also our lion.
by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger.
first night in his manger. Soon he would fulfill his earthly purpose, and he would become the savior of the world.
Little lion. Little lamb. In Old Testament times, the lamb was a symbol of innocence, purity, peace, gentleness. A sacrificial substitute. Pagan kings would often send lambs as a peace offering to their enemies, literally a payment of peace, as seen in the first verse of Isaiah 16. And so, through our little Christmas lamb, this symbolism became reality when Christ was born. He offered us innocence before God through his sacrificial substitute. He was born to be the payment for our peace with God because he himself is the Prince of Peace. During the Christmas season, we often repeat the angel's proclamation of peace on earth. We sing the phrase in well-known carols. It is stamped on the greeting cards we send our family and friends. It is painted on the ornaments we hang on our tree. And yet, we recognize the irony because the world seems to be less at peace than ever before. Our communities, our cities, the nations of the world are continually at odds with each other. Individuals are not at peace, often at war with themselves. Families are not at peace. Even believers who have the Prince of Peace struggle to find rest in their souls. So where is this peace that was promised? The peace the angels proclaimed to the shepherds. Where do we find that? If we, are looking at, if we are looking at our circumstances, we will not find peace. If we are looking to others to help create the peace we desire, we will be disappointed. If we seek this peace in our government through elected officials, we will become disillusioned at best. The peace that was offered is peace with God, a bridge where there once was a divide. We can have peace from our past because of a substitute lamb. We can have peace in our circumstances because this lamb dwells within us and he is our peace on earth.
be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 14, 27.
So now, how do we respond to this gift we've been given? We can do this in many ways, and the first and foremost is realizing and deciding that you need God. Believe that he sent his one and only son to die for you and commit to following him. If you do this, you will never be the same. You will be changed and you will have that living tabernacle in your heart. We join the angels, the shepherds, and the generations of people who believe, and we lift our voices in thanks for his gifts. Tonight is also a special evening because we give a joy gift offering to support retired church workers who have spent their lives in service and also provide scholarships for racial ethnic students and future church leaders to equip racial ethnic leaders for ministry. Because God has given freely to us, we show gratitude back to him through our offerings. If you are an usher this evening, please come forward to get the plates.
Please take these offerings and use it for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. to offer praise to our lion, our lamb, our king. Oh, 
I tell you guys all the time that the world is more delicious than it has to be. And you're going to find that out in about, I don't know, it depends on how long I preach, probably about 45 minutes. Um, meatballs will still be there. There's nobody in there eating them um, except my son Jack. Um, but I don't know about you, but our world right now is hungry for wonder, hungry to, be, uh, to, to feel something inside of us that cries out for the transcendent, that there's something more amazing about the world than I'm aware of. Usually when I go to the grocery store and I buy my cereal, when I make coffee and when I try to parent my kids, and our, our, our world will search for that again and again. We will search for that again and again this season driving through lights at meadow and, and being dazzled and watching Christmas music, mo- Christmas movies and, and seeing and these incredible, touching family stories of families coming together through conflict. But friends, friends, do you realize that the God of the universe created five-part harmony? He created something so amazing. Five-part harmony took human beings. We only invented it about a thousand years ago, 1,300 years ago, we invented five-part harmony. Can you believe that? He gave us voices to sing. You want to wonder. You want to be amazed. Just stop and look at humanity. What a wonder is he. That's how Hamlet said it. Uh, friends, we have been, uh, before I preach, I had to stop. Um, that was all free. That wasn't preaching. And that was just worship is what that was. I was just trying to say amen. Thank you, God, for music. Um, I just want to say thank you to our kids. Kids, um, can you guys stand up so we can celebrate you guys one more time, Kids. Hey guys, hey kids, can you listen to me real quick? Hey kids, one, two, three, eyes on me. Hey, you know when Jesus was your age, uh, he was teaching his mommy and daddy little things. Um, They lost him one time. They lost him one time. They went to a big festival like Christmas, and there were a lot of people there like they're here, and they couldn't find him for days. They couldn't find him, and they were looking for him and looking for him and looking for him. And you know where Jesus was? Guess where Jesus was? You think he was in the candy store? yeah, he was, in the, he was in what then was called the temple. It was like a church. It was where God lived. And he was there, and he was studying the Bible, and he was trying to figure out, and he was asking really hard questions. He wanted to know the ins and outs of God's Word. And so, guys, I love that you're here, and I love your questions, and I love it when you challenge me, and I love it when you challenge your moms and dads, and I love when your mom and your dad and your grandma, and they have to call me and say, look, my six-year-old asked me this question last night, and I did not know the answer. Okay, you know what you guys' you know you, you homework assignment, kids, is? Your homework assignment is between now and Christmas. You've got two weeks. Ask mom and dad or auntie or uncle or your best friend or your neighbor, whoever you trust. Ask them a question that they don't know the answers to, that they have to study the Christmas story again and try to help you figure out the story, figure out the answer. That's your homework. Okay, kids, thank you for serving us tonight. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for being brave and doing that. Um, hey, choir, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. I am... I'm both clapping for your bravery. You guys were faithful. I'm clapping for your dedication. You guys put in hour after hour, rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal. You guys listen to the CD um, in your car uh, that only has one voice track in it, so it doesn't sound near as pretty as what you just performed. It's just the bass part. Ooh, in the back of the... 
you know, the soprano part and whatever. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Your hard work, your dedication, your long-suffering, um, and your perseverance has been a blessing to us. Uh, your persevering and learning this and using your gifts, your faithfulness, your riskiness, being courageous and saying, I'm going to reach for that high A above the, the G. I'm going to go for it. I can get there. And you didn't know if you could get there, but you got there. Thank you guys for blessing us. Really, thank you so much. Um, and uh, you guys reading, doing a great job. You pronounced all those words correctly. There were some tough ones. You had to read Naphtali. Naphtali is a tough one. Naphtali, good job. I was pumped about it. Thank you guys for serving. Um, Keely, thank you. Uh, Keely is a blessing to this church. I think uh, if you have been here regularly at all, um, Keely is a blessing. She works uh, as hard as anybody I know. She has a full-time job. Uh, teaching uh, rascals like the ones playing bells up here. And then she finishes that job, which exhausts me to talk about. And she comes here and she teaches rascals like these uh, how to sing music. And I think her day job might be easier than her night job, depending on who's sitting up here on the back row. Um, But Keely, you're a blessing. I love your creativity. Um, But even more than that, I love the way God prepared you for this job. I love the way he uh, raised you in this church and then sent you to another church uh, where you learned an entirely different way to worship God and you learned to relate to God as Abba Father. You learned to relate to Jesus as a friend that you could talk to on your best days and celebrate and on your darkest days and cry. And I love that. And then I love that he sent you to ECU so you could learn music um, and teaching music. But in that time, you got to worship in rock and roll church, and you got to worship in high, fancy pants, uh, white-collar church. Not white-collar like uh, white-collar button, like white-collar like frock, white-collar church. To prepare you to lead us in worship that is intergenerational and, and doesn't know boundaries of style and distinction, that just says we want to worship God hard. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, guys, I, I'm not going to preach at you long. I, it says reflection. Um, I figured that was probably like 12 minutes, um, and I've already used eight. Uh, friends, it's been said, uh, we've been talking about uh, Jesus as the little lion and Jesus as the little lamb, the lion of Judah who has come into our battlefield to rescue us, and then Jesus as the lamb who has come to cover our sin and to give us um, forgiveness and, and peace with God and, and to, to wipe away every impurity in our lives. And friends, we need both. You know we do, because it's said uh, that, that when it comes to people who have harmed me, I am an excellent, merciless judge. That I am an excellent judge when it comes to other people's sins. I can see them without trying. I can name them without working at it. I can see your issues in microscopic detail. And the people who have harmed me, the people who have harmed my children, the people who have harmed my wife... You know what I want? I want Jesus to fight. And I'm begging for Jesus to come into the world uh, the way Aslan does in the Chronicles of Narnia. And he just steps into the stage and just... Because that is how evil should make you feel. That's how it should make you feel, moms and dads, boys and girls, when we have to read the newspaper and we have, uh, have 500,000 people using a hashtag MeToo. You should want to roar. You should beg God to roar. 
When you see what's happening with the slave trade in Libya right now, you should want to roar. When you hear about the human trafficking that goes on with young girls in East Asia, you should want to roar. And when you have to sit down and explain to your kids why granddaddy is not going to live much longer, or why mommy and daddy aren't going to live in the same house anymore, You should want to roar. You should be sitting there crying out to the God Almighty saying, please step into our battlefield. Roar. I need you to fight for me because I don't have it. I'm trying everything I got and it's not enough. I can't keep my family safe. I can't keep my friends safe and I can't keep people healthy. God, I need you to fight for me. And just after you sit there and you beg God to roar, I pray God will do you the mercy of letting you look in a mirror and realizing there's somebody begging God to roar at you right now. Someone you've harmed in excruciating, painful detail with a single word. When you dismiss them, when you wrote them off as a lost cause, some relationship that you sabotaged because you couldn't stand intimacy. One of your kids where you just lost your cool over nothing and they still hear the words in their head saying, why can't you get anything right? And they're 35 years old and they're still trying to prove to their own children and the men around them, I am somebody, I can get it right, I am, I'm worth loving. Friends, if you're honest and if I'm honest, there are people who have grievances against me, small ones and huge ones, right ones and inflated wrong ones, but still, and they're begging God to roar. And in that moment, I pray God lets you look in the mirror and say, God, I need you to roar, but I also need you to save. Because if you roar, if you roar at all the evil, bad, wicked people on the earth, then you will consume me as well. Because the the line between good and evil doesn't go between the Republicans and the Democrats. It doesn't go between the Europeans and the Americans. It does not go between the communist and the capitalist. The the line between good and evil, Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said, writing from a gulag in Russia, said, run straight through the human heart. That right inside of me there is a war raging. That I'm a half-hearted creature torn between the good I want to do and the evil I cannot stop doing. And if God roars, then I am done for unless he sends a lamb. And thank God that the lion who comes into our earth to roar does so in the meekest, mildest way by laying himself down on the altar and dying in my stead. He suffers the roar that I deserve. He becomes the sacrifice I can't give. And he dies in my place to cleanse me of my sin without while still while still maintaining justice. And so I can beg God to roar and beg God to forgive and know that God is a lion who roars and a lamb who dies and somehow God figures out how to be just and merciful. Friends, Jesus did not come into a fairy tale world to save relatively good people. He came into the real world full of nasty, mean, hard-hearted folk like me. And he didn't come to destroy it, not the way I expected him to. He came to remake it, to destroy it by remaking it, by renovating the world. And if you 
If you have not yet comprehended that, if you're desperate for a lion and you're, know you, you know that you don't need a lion, you need a lamb, then come. Jesus wants to be that for you. And so I'm going to pray right now, a simple prayer, and then I'm going to bless you and then we're going to go eat. But if you have, this, have been stirred by this music and you have felt God tugging on your heart, come see me. Come talk to somebody because God's speaking to you. He does that. He still talks. He knows English. He even knows five-part harmony. He invented the stuff. So let's pray. God, as I look at this world, my heart breaks, and I feel the roar well inside of me. I feel every bent and skewed and yet still God-given sense of justice inside of me, crying out and say, God, do something. Roar. And yet I know if you roar, if you destroy all evil in an instant, then I am gone. And so God, I ask you to forgive, to kill the evil by, by cleansing me, by cleansing us, by, by nailing our sin to the cross, by letting your son Jesus willingly carry it for us. Both roar on our behalf and suffer your roar on our behalf. We ask it. If that's you tonight and you, you don't even know what it means to have a connection with God or it's been so long since you heard God's voice in your life and you want to be reconnected to Him, doing so is as easy as ABC. You admit, you believe, and you commit. And you can do that with a simple prayer like this one. A, God, I admit I am a sinner I hurt people and I hurt myself and I live a selfish life apart from you. And the Bible calls that sin, but I be, I believe that Jesus died on a cross to save me, that he was born in Bethlehem and died in Jerusalem on Calvary's hill to save me. And that was good enough. And in the 2,000 years since he died on that tree, you haven't changed your mind. And so I commit to following you with everything I got for as long as I have left, for better or worse, richer or poor, whether you give me everything I want or nothing I want. I trust that you are good, that your plans are still to prosper, that you have not forgotten us, that you are with us in the fire and in the flood, that you love us, that you are faithful forever, that you will give us glory, your glory, and that everything else our hearts desire will be found in that glory all the closure, all the status, all the satisfaction, all the rightness and judgment will be found when we behold your glory. Would you give us a view of that in the land of the living and per perfect vision of that in the next? We pray this in the name of Jesus who was and is the Christ. Amen. Friends, you can stand up and I'm going to bless you. And the food, we'll bless it all. Friends, if you have committed to following Jesus, if you have accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, as your Lion and your Lamb, then you are a child of God the Father Most High, and you were bought with the blood of Jesus, who loves you so much He'd rather die than live without you. And He's given you His Holy Spirit and His Holy Bible and His Holy Church so you can know this and believe it and learn to live like it's true. So go into the world and live like Christmas is true. And then it's about more than presents, and it's about more than colorful lights, and there's more about holly and poinsettias that it's about Jesus. Support the weak, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the poor, honor all of life and return no one evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. And as you go, 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours and give you peace. And may God bless the food we're getting ready to eat because I'm hungry. And he made it. In Jesus' name, amen. Stop.